0: Hello again, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Odyssey House Journals. I'm Randall Carlisle. My guest is Steve Slater. And this is a, a, a first for me. I've got a. Uh, in, in my 40 years of broadcasting on TV, I never had the hiccups <laughs> when I went on the air, and I've had the hiccups for two days. So if you hear some weird noises in the background, that's me hiccupping. So. And I don't know how to cure. Do you have a cure for that? Mm, not really good. Holding your breath, maybe? <laughs> well, I'll hold my breath <laughs> for the whole well podcast. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> I can. And when I'm dead, my hiccups will be cured. This is one of the most watched and listened to podcasts dealing with addiction and recovery. And our goal is not to push Odyssey House, which I would call sort of a mainstream Treat, treatment agency. Our goal is to explore all avenues that can lead to recovery, because recover, recovery is is uh, different for each person. It's an individual, an individual thing. And Steve, you uh, are with a group called Dharma Recovery. A recovery Dharma. Or recovery Dharma. It's okay. a common. Uh, we get that a lot. It's but
1: uh, yeah, it's recovery Dharma. So, what is it? Yeah, so uh, Recovery Dharma is a group that's been around for um, just over four years now, so a relatively new group. Um, but it did come out of a, an older group called Refuge Recovery. Um, and so both of these are similar um, approaches to recovery in that they're based on Buddhist teachings, but you don't have to be Buddhist to attend the groups. Um, uh, there's no um, dogma or you know religious aspect that you need to... Um, commit to to be a part of it but we use basically the meditation and mindfulness practices that come out of Buddhism as um, a means to help with recovery and, and addiction and um, the cravings that arise as part of addiction and so
0: for, for example yeah, so what do you okay i'm i come in and i'm a a heroin or a meth addict Mm -hmm. what 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 do you you actually? because and i should say that you hold weekly meetings at usara right we we have meetings at usara at at
1: noon on wednesday friday and sundays um and anybody can come anyone can come and if you're not able to come in person we also have a zoom link that you can join remotely those meetings and so just and you can can you come high uh, no, we ask for sobriety in our, our meetings. Um, that's that's the one. We do have, like, you know, if you're familiar with an AA tradition, you know, just to give you a sense of our meeting format, when we come in, we have some basic readings, and one of those is our practice, and it goes through, you know, a commitment to sobriety in our meetings and, and respect for one another and just kind of the basic approach of the meetings. Um, and then we read the Four Noble Truths and Eightfold Path, which is basically just um, a summary of these teachings about committing to things like using wise speech and and so on and uh, and then we do a meditation, a guided meditation. so uh, I facilitate today, for example, on Wednesdays at noon, um, we'll pick a meditation that um, I'll read uh, the instruction for for everyone who's there to participate in, um, so one might just be focusing on the breath and like trying to. Get out of your thinking and all of your your negative thoughts and so right. we're just focusing on the breath and we also do meditations that are called heart practices so there's um, one that's like compassion and so the, the the typical path will be you'll focus on yourself and i I'll, I'll, I'll provide a few phrases for the person to recite to themselves you know being compassionate to themselves forgiving themselves for you know the things that they they've done in, in the past and um,
0: as we know all addicts are are suffering from shame and guilt and things right. like that
1: right um and then you'll you'll move the practice next to someone who's been a benefactor or a teacher someone that you have you know fond feelings towards and you'll 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 send those same thoughts to that person and then you know, we, we move to a neutral person uh and then to somebody someone who's difficult in their life uh in the meditation, and so the goal in these meditations isn't to, you know, produce some type of magic by sending these thoughts to someone. It's to change your own internal relationship with your feelings towards yourself, towards people outside of yourself, and try to open up. Um, and, and, and process some of the negativity and, and move past that,
0: which is critically important,
1: right? Does it work? Yeah, I, we have many people who come in who've never meditated before, and they say that was just amazing. You know, I at first when you said think of somebody difficult, I resisted. I didn't want to do it, but then as it went on, I found myself realizing, you know, that I was hurting myself by holding these feelings for this person. Sure. And I started to soften around that. So, and, and we have people who've meditated for quite some time, and and also. Um, feel the benefits of it. And one thing I'll say about it is starting with that approach of meditation, and then we move into our sharing portion after after the meditation is, um, and, and this isn't to you know take away from other traditions, but we've had people come from other recovery backgrounds and say it's so calming to start with a meditation where it feels very intimate and there's a little bit of vulnerability. And then we move into the sharing portion where everybody feels a little bit more relaxed, a little calmer, um, and just that opening up that happens for people after doing that meditation. So that's the next part of the meeting then is a sharing period where we we will sometimes read out of the book just a brief couple paragraphs. um, And then we'll have open sharing where, you know, people are welcome to share or not, depending on their comfort about what maybe came up for them in the meditation or the reading. Um, And that's, that's a basic, a basic meeting.
0: I, uh, I'm a recovering <clears throat> alcoholic, and I've been clean for 11 years, and, and I remember the outpatient program I went to. They tried to lead us in meditation, mm-hmm. and I, I found it very difficult to, uh, and, and people in our, our program and, and everywhere talk about how difficult it is to get your brain to Forget about all the outside crap going on in the world, right. and just focus on the meditation. Right, it, it is difficult.
1: Yeah, right? it can be difficult, and and we like to start. So we have a, so we have a script for our meetings. If if that, that's one of the things I really like about Recovery Dharma too is that anyone can start a meeting, and we have you know materials in the back of the book and a script that someone can follow to do the meditations. They don't have to be. You know, a licensed meditation practitioner right. or anything like that, they can just use the meditations in the back of the book. But before we start our meditations, um, we always try to orient everyone into a a mindset of being um, compassionate towards themselves because we, we talk about that while we're meditating. There's going to be distractions. We do it at USAR. I mean, there's people still working in the office microwaving their lunch sure, there's cars sure. going by and so we talk about that like that's okay you know you're going to have thoughts you might get sleepy you might get irritated by the person's breathing next to you just all that's okay like don't be hard on yourself if you're struggling or being distracted um the, the whole goal of this meditation is to be compassionate to yourself and and we have those we actually have those reminders built into our meditation scripts so we'll have a, a place say five minutes in that it reminds you that if you're finding it difficult or distracted just come back to your breathing Um, and the whole point of the meditation practice that we're teaching in recovery Dharma is to be able to recognizing recognize when you're struggling and when you're being critical on yourself and finding tools to be able to to ground yourself because that's what's really key to deal with adversity in general whether it's a strong craving or trigger that comes up you know to drink or use or whatever Having tools that you've practiced over and over again that allow you to be able to find something like the breath or, or tuning into your body that you can, you know, recenter on and, and, and deal with these, you know, arising feelings and so on is kind of what we're teaching. And so, from our perspective, the way we teach meditation in Recovery Dharma is every time you think you're having a horrible meditation, but you realize that you're off here or over there, that's success you you've you know you're 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 finding mindfulness by just recognizing what's going on inside, and so that's um, again the whole point of the mindfulness practice is to become more aware of what's going on internally for yourself so that you're not just dragged around by your thoughts or an external trigger you have some control or some agency through these practices over and over again
0: so if i if I went to your what do you call it? A class or a, a just We just have our, our meetings, our, our weekly meeting. meetings. Yep. Okay. If I went to your meeting and, I, and I'm, as we all know, m- most people in addiction focus on an outward triggering mechanism. My girlfriend dumped me. My wife is screwing around. Uh, my, my parents died, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. So is there a mindfulness technique that I would pick up going to this meeting that would help me deal with that particular instance? Yeah. Um, and again, I think
1: our practices are, there's four what we call heart practices. And so they all take different approaches. One of them is a forgiveness practice. And so that one I think is really powerful. Um, where again, you, you all these meditation practices start with, in the order can be reversed in different <clears throat> traditions, but within the way they are structured in Recovery Dharma script, You start with yourself first. Some people find that easier. Some people find that more difficult to, you know, to to send forgiveness to themselves. Um, But then to to someone that they're close to, um, someone who's neutral, someone who's difficult in their life. And so, again, these, these practices aren't like instantaneous fixes. And for my own personal, I've been, you know, doing meditation practice for over five years now. For my own self, I find, you know, there are really challenging situations in my life that I continue to work on and those things soften Um, they don't necessarily go away but if there are certain things that are triggering or have been difficult and challenging for me the more i do these practices the more i can move away from being a victim or uh, reacting to external circumstances and focusing more on like how do i how am i you know what is going on internally for me um, when these things come up Um, and we've you know we have lots of people come to the meetings that basically verify that that's what happens for them um we do have a lot of people come who are very you know caught in their own circumstances at the moment um and blaming of all everything i've been there myself in my own recovery of this is this these are the things that happened in my life and this is where i ended up um and so there can be a lot of anger um and so we we try to focus on pretty basic practices there are very there there are definitely um more in-depth meditation practices and more challenging meditation practices that we don't bring into our meetings um there's one that's called Tonglin. that's an old buddhist practice where you basically bring in the pain of others and then send out care and and concern and and replace you're basically being willing to take on you know suffering of others but that's usually early in recovery that's not something people are prepared for we focus more on softening your own reactions to people um and yeah, so I think, um, I don't know if that answers your question, but there are...
0: Yeah, no, it does, <coughs> because you're learning how to deal with your own inner turmoil yeah. uh, in a way different than using, which mm-hmm. most people in addiction consider when they face a situation like that. Mm-hmm. What kind of response do you get from from these meetings? Uh, as far as just the feedback from the people who come to the yeah. meeting?
1: Yeah, I, I think, it, for me, the most... Um, rewarding thing is when we do have new people um, I think with any type of recovery meeting there's a lot of <clears throat> fear and worry about what it's going to be like and so I have quite a few people email me you know, I want to come, what is it like right. kind of like what we opened with, what is it going? What is the meeting going to be like is there yeah, a lot of people some do I have kind of voodoo sp- thing yeah, that we're doing Right. do I have to speak, do I have to know this right. background Like no, right. it's very welcoming and opening, you don't have to you don't have to be a Buddhist. We have people from all different religious backgrounds who come. Um, Are you Buddhist? I, I am not At this point, now I wasn't in the beginning of this, but I think through. So maybe there is that. <laughs> there's that concern. You might. You might become a Buddhist with time, but. Um, and there's there's nothing wrong with that. that. I mean, if you and I, I personally don't feel in you know there's people over the spectrum on this. I don't really consider Buddhism a religion. The way I practice it, it is more of a. A philosophy and approach to life and it's it's a training of how you you know interact with the world based on some some very time-tested practices you know I'm not I'm not believing yeah time-tested how long ago right right uh, 2,600 years yeah. ago so <laughs> um, but yeah as far as you know what so after people people have some concern about coming and, and we get them to come in the door often people like the great thing about having the zoom often people feel most comfortable just joining that way first they can even keep their you know video off and they can put whatever name in they want and sure so they can sure. experience the meeting that way and that's very low stress and, and and we always say that no one has to share you can just tell us you're passing today and so i think you know once people come in and then they do give it a try um, we have very positive reactions that people just say it was so calming and that they got a, a lot out of the meditation people are often surprised how much they get out of the meditation and i often hear what you were saying people telling me I, i've tried meditating before i can't do it right. my mind's all over the place or this is happening or i just get up and walk away frustrated and so i think guided meditation is really a great entry because you don't have to worry too much i'm gonna i'm gonna give you a few instructions every 30 seconds <clears throat> or a minute so there's not that long of a period to just be stuck with your own I'm, I'm not doing it right. Right,
0: that kind of mm-hmm. thing.
1: Yeah, and so people really find it to be very safe and welcoming. And, and the other common reaction we get is, and again, not to take away from other traditions, we we have a number of people who come, who come from very strong religious backgrounds where we that was part of their trauma and part of their background and their history, right. and part of you know what led them into addiction. And so they are absolutely not comfortable with going to some of these traditions that require them to surrender to a higher power and other things. And so this is, for them, when they find out about this, they're like, oh, I'm, I'm so grateful there's an alternative where it's more focused on, you know, me taking control and working on, you know, how I relate to what's happening outside and, 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 and working on myself and my own mind and my own reactions. Um, and so people are very happy that there's this alternative. So, well. so, a so-called God or higher power does not enter into this. No, it doesn't. If and we have people who come from you know the AA tradition, right. and that is their approach, and and they still find you know this approach is we you know again we don't we don't um, judge other people's beliefs, but there's not a there's not a higher power. It's about again taking
0: responsibility for how you react to the circumstances that arise. Do you do you have any? It's really hard to tell. Like people ask, "Is our program success successful?" Right? Uh, do you have any any numbers or quantification of of how many people this has worked for? It's a really right. hard thing to
1: right. You know, it is really challenging. Um, I've been involved for, um, like I said, for five years with Refuge Recovery, which is very similar. And then we, um, when there was a kind of a branching out into this new group, Recovery Dharma. In 2019, um, that's the approach that we've been taking. So I've been involved for, you know, over five and a half years now. Um, and I do see a lot of regular, you know, people who come. So I consider that a measure of success, sure. myself included. You know, I count myself among those people who, have you know, have, you know, five and a half years of sobriety based on this technique and had tried many other ways of, of finding sobriety before this. Um, and then, you know, the other, you know, so the other people who are regularly coming to the meeting, um I also consider an aspect of our success that people will stumble and come back to our meetings very quickly because there isn't this judgment. We don't have this counting, and we don't have this, you know, this. Yeah. Oh, you screwed up. You, rel- right. you relapsed last week or something. Right. Yeah. At, at we, 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 you know, the Buddhism focuses on the now and the present, and we're here in this moment, and this is the only moment we can live in. Not that you get you know, if you've done something in the past that you don't have to make amends for those things or, or make, you know, ask for forgiveness if you've done something that's harmed others. But um, but not to, we don't, our our, our practice um, really um, emphasizes not beating yourself up and shaming yourself because, you know, there's so much of that. I remember when I first got into the practice, you know, my first few meditations, I would just, I would, I would actually... physically sweating and uncomfortable because just sitting quietly and having shame and memories and things that i'd done while i was using like come up and bubble up and and trouble me and so um i think the practices are really well suited to help people unpack that and and move past that and and be kind to themselves um so we have a lot i think we have a lot of success in that we have people that i see come back that you know they do have difficulties and they have they stumble but they they don't feel that they can't come back to the meeting. They can come back to the meeting and say I mm-hmm. you know, I screwed up this weekend and everybody's right. comp- nobody's sure. like shaking their head or everybody's just like it's okay, you know, and, and is happy that they're back. And so
0: I I've, I've been to <coughs> a, a whole bunch of AA a, a meetings and it sounds to me like the big difference is first of all the higher power concept, but then secondly uh, you know, it A.A. focuses a lot on like in the fourth step going through all the screw ups you had in your life, Mm -hmm. which it sounds to me like you guys don't focus on because you're focusing on now Mm -hmm. and then making amends to all the people that you may have hurt. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there when we do have something called inquiries. So they're
1: questions that you are supposed to reflect on um, either with, you know, another friend who's in recovery, um, a peer that you can trust. And so I think we do have reflection on those things but again not to like not to beat yourself up with shame right. about it um, you just, screwed up over all these years right it's yeah. more i think we i think from my perspective and my own understanding of my own practice is occasionally reflecting on you know if there is a temptation or or if it's been long enough where i start to think oh maybe things are different now i can do this that that's when it's 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 beneficial sometimes to reflect on past experience of like well i know in the past i did this and this was the outcome so why would i expect a different outcome so using your past as a you know more as you know experience to not have to repeat the same mistakes rather than um holding those things over you and i think the other the other difference that maybe is i've heard from others that's fairly striking is um some of our experience in the buddhist community that founded recovery dharma um has resulted in it being very non-hierarchical there's it's it's considered a peer-led group and so you know i'm in recovery and i'm leading the meeting anyone can facilitate a meeting we have all the documents here we don't have like a formal um structure of like oh there's state chapters and there's local chapters every every one of our meetings is completely independent and we you know we are the recovery dharma salt lake group we're not Beholden to Recovery Dharma Global, um, there is a, a board and a nonprofit, but their role is really to s- support things like you know creating the book. They have an annual conference. Um, they help with the meditations. They help with the needs of the group. They support the local groups. Um, and then you know we, as a part of that, we don't um, generally have um, a mentor mentee structure. And um, we have peers. We have what we you know, sometimes called wise friends. You know, you reach out <laughs> to others in your group, but it's um we try to avoid some of those power dynamics that um can occasionally can you know to lead to sure. problems. Sure. Um in groups you
0: say right. you're in recovery from what?
1: Uh, from alcohol. Um okay. and <laughs> join, yep. join the crowd. Right, okay. right. <laughs> it's a large group, but uh, yes, so I've been in uh, so I've been sober for about five and a half years. Okay. I've got know. eleven. I've got your beat. Right. That awesome. Is,
0: uh, <laughs> that uh, it sounds like uh I I've, I've never had a problem with when people talk about Buddhist philosophy and everything. Mm-hmm. I, I don't see how you can be negative about it because it makes sense, mm-hmm. right? Right. You know. Yeah, I don't it's, think I don't, it's not controversial.
1: Right. I I don't think we've ever had anyone show up that's found it to be a, a negative thing. I think occasionally there are people from who've been raised in strong Christian traditions um that find it a little bit threatening um, perhaps because mostly they don't understand I mean, mostly when people ask me questions now about it whether it's in recovery or just in the world at large because people know that this is a thing that I do um, I don't keep it secret that you know I meditate and I facilitate recovery Dharma meetings and this is something important important to me um, so, so be, do
0: you meditate every day
1: I do meditate daily in the for morning how, for how long 25-ish minutes um, in the morning 25 to 30 minutes depending on how quickly I have to Move my kids along. Um, did you
0: meditate before you came in for the podcast? I did. Yes. Huh. So,
1: um, it's it, to me, it's become, it, regardless of recovery, it's become <clears throat> one of the most essential tools in my life. It's something that I wish I had learned about, you know, as a teenager. This was sure. something that was known. Can you imagine trying to tell a teenager? Okay, we're going to have family meditation now. I've tried. I have a teenager. <laughs> it hasn't gone up for super well just yeah. yet. Uh, but He is interested in mindfulness because it's becoming more and more common in, in you know mainstream world and secular world. And so he's he's my, my oldest son is into sports, and he's he's hears other athletes talking about the benefits of mindfulness and, sure. and training their minds so that you know say before a game they're not just racked with anxiety there's a way that you can step out of that and stop letting these cir- circular thoughts going round and round in your head and just like letting that control you and, and sure. ruin your performance and so it has benefits for for so, everyone so do you uh does does it cost something to go to this group no uh, it's completely free um to show up at uh, our meetings um if you're interested in a book those are like six dollars um, we have those usually at the meetings uh, but you can also get it as a completely free pdf and and, and you uh you're at USARA We're at USARA With the hours again So we, we meet every Wednesday, Friday, and Sunday at noon So that's easy to remember um, so, And those are The Wednesday and Fridays are just an hour Sundays a little bit longer Because we do a bit more reading out of the book So
0: that's an hour and a half And USARA um, for people listening or watching Is on 21st South About how far east? It's 200 East Yeah, just up from State Street Yeah uh, yep. Wow and there, there are a couple other meetings
1: I'll just mention, too, just because, I, you know, if someone is interested in a meeting or listening from somewhere else, um, there are Recovered Dharma meetings across the globe, mostly in the U.S., but many of them have Zoom because a lot of this we started right before sure. the pandemic. Sure. So um, if you're looking for a meeting, there's online meetings every day of the week. So what do, you, what do you Google? Um, recoverydharma.org. So it's just recoverydharma.org. And then they have
0: a meetings listings page. Because we have, we have viewers and listeners all around, all around the world, actually. But, Mm -hmm. but a lot in the United States, Uh, our second largest city is Columbus, Ohio. Mm -hmm. I presume they have a chapter there. Yeah.
1: Yep, definitely. Um, So you can find your local meetings there as well as, you know, hybrid meetings. There are a lot of people during COVID got into, there's a whole, Recovery Dharma Online, or RDO, now that's just huh. a community of people who have built what we call a Sangha, so that I means just community. Um, um, they built an online community, and they, wow. that's thriving and really large.
0: Well, in my opinion, it's obviously not going to hurt you. Right. <laughs> so So, yeah, if you are struggling with addiction, maybe you want to give it a try. I mean, I still have trouble meditating, but, but it did help me a lot, <laughs> so... And I appreciate what you do, and uh, it's just uh, it's just another it's another way to explore recovery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it's just a, a
1: you know for myself personally, it's a, it's a practice that's helped me immensely, and. Um, I think for all of us, hopefully, you, you find a mix of things that work for you. If you do, re, if you, Recovery Dharma meeting helps you and supports your AA meetings or right. a different practice you have, it's not the only thing I do either. I have, you know, intention setting and journaling and other things sure, that I've done as sure. well with this. But um, yeah, hopefully, people can give it a try and, and find it beneficial.
0: Thank you for being my guest today, Steve Slater with Recovery Dharma, right? Correct. I got that right. All right. Thank you for watching another edition of Odyssey House Journals.